There is only one person in drag in the entire show. He's behind you. So he's basically Scottish drag queens, like child friendly drag queens. <laughs> I can't believe it. But it did make me feel really warm and fuzzy, and then it made me feel very bad. But before that, it made me feel warm and fuzzy. That's kind of our brand, right? It's very much off topic and on brand. We have the mature one, the giggly one, and the <laughs> Scottish one. Guess which one is which? They have sing songs and throw sweeties out to the audience, and they break the fourth wall with alarming regularity. I didn't think so. I think so. Wait, what? No. Anyway, let's actually pretend we know what we're doing for five minutes. Off we go. Trying to do an introduction here, guys. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Troublesome Terps, the podcast about the things that keep interpreters up at night. Except, of course, for a glass of wine by the fireside on the 31st of December. Yes, it's our 2018 year in review, where we look back on all the show's memories, highlights, and possibly lowlights of this year. And we might even let you into some backstage secrets. I, I hope not, because for this very special year-end extravaganza, we have our usual manner of intrepid interpreting individuals. <laughs> and now you know who wrote the introduction. First up, he writes the script, throws in the quips, and is more fond of puns than punch. It's our very own Christmas cracker. Here with a bang is Jonathan Downey. Hello, Jonathan. I promised the world that I would put puns in our Christmas episode, and I, I couldn't... And boy, did you I, ever. You even tweeted, no regrets, so here we go. Yeah. I, I even took a couple of puns out, but I, I, I do not at all regret the alliteration, just because usually it's me who mucks up the introduction, so you know. <laughs> yeah, insert hashtag sorry not sorry right here. <laughs> and life from the land of leather trousers, odd-sounding German, I don't know what that's about, and Christmas markets, our very own Munich Magi, here with giggles, common sense, and mirth, Alexander Gansmeyer. Good evening. Good evening, yeah, good evening, sisters from Germany. So thanks to the wise men from Scotland for making this incredible holiday-flavored introduction. That's truly a thinker. I didn't get half of the, the references here. So let's see. If you yeah, neither did I. <laughs> But of course, let's not forget our guiding star, our jolly, generous person who's got two elves of his own, our brilliant Brussels sprout, Alexander Drexel. Hi, Woo! good evening, everyone. Great to be here. Uh, the elves are actually sound asleep. Uh, I hope so. Uh, or maybe they're working on Christmas gifts. I don't oh, know. Oh, I thought we, that was us. I thought we were the elves. Oh, but it's your well, kids. You, you're my two very special elves. That makes <laughs> special elves. Yeah. Can I explain for about the 50th time that special has several meanings in English? Yeah, that, I think Alex meant that, though. I think <laughs> it was on purpose. Just, just like interesting, you mean. Yeah. It's very interesting. Or, <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure we're, we're doing a real a year in review episode. Um, basically, what we wanted to do is look back at the years we've done last year already. So looking back at the episodes that we've um, published at the things that we did, because there was a live event, for example. We're going to get into that a bit later, but we had, we just released a new episode, which was Alex and Alex do London Mid, but we're also about to release a new episode, which is going to be the live event, hashtag spoiler alert, even though by the time this episode airs, it's going to have been out for a, a while. So 
either way, it's going to be very complicated. It's kind of like Inception here, you know? Um, yeah, it's like time travel. Exactly. It's kind of like time travel. I, I do remember thinking back at the very first episode thinking, how many people are actually going to listen to this? And I had found <laughs> really, if, if it being the kind of thing where you get an, an email from your mom saying, I listened to your podcast. Really good. <laughs> Thanks, that, mom. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 you know that kind of that being it. Yeah, it was like once I created a three-part online course and two people bought it. In <laughs> uh, and I, I, you never know what's going to work, and it just seems to go from strength to strength. It's incredible. I just really wanted to take a moment to thank all of our listeners for sending in the most amazing comments. Hey, troublesome terps. It's Liz Essery. Thank you guys so much for all of the fantastic content that you put out on the podcast this year. I especially loved the collaboration that you did with Vocal Fries podcast. And I really, really enjoyed the Ask Us Anything episode that you did. I think that you have a great way of addressing real challenges with honesty and also humor. I think it was one of the Alex's on that episode that said something like, interpreters are artists in that we make it look like we know what we're doing. And any podcast that starts out with a pun about an Italian sea, you know it's going to be fantastic. I'm raising a glass here on the other side of the pond to you guys. Happy holidays. <laughs> you guys are the best. We couldn't have done it without you. This is going to turn into like an Academy Award speech, but it's true. It's true, though. It's true. true. Yeah. And I, I, I love the fact that we're officially a manal, but we're an okay manal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although we did get we did get some feedback on that, so maybe we 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 have to think about that at some point. Um, what I was going to say was that we have published fourteen episodes in. 2018 if that's correct that that's including the live event yes not including this very episode because this is going to come out in january 2019 so hello um, to the future once you listen to this yeah it's really really time travel stuff <laughs> yeah making my head explode um and talking about strides that jonathan we also did win the pros community choice awards again i think for the again. third time yes for the third time running for best interpreting podcast. i thought it was second time running i've been on this website called tv tropes which is such a as an internet sinkhole it explains kind of the tropes behind um your favorite tv shows and radio oh, yeah. shows and yeah. stuff and they've started got getting pages for podcasts <laughs> and people are writing about podcasts and saying the kind of tropes that usually happen in podcasts like their favorite phrase and um I can't even remember where I was going with that. For anyone who doesn't have the video, Alex Kansmeyer was saying that while smugly staring at his alcoholic beverage. Which is a glass of fancy champagne and bubbly, so yeah. you know. Yeah, that's that's not even an alcoholic beverage, right? No, happen. I mean it's just pretty much sparkling water with added flavor in exactly. a nice glass. Exactly. And it makes me happy. So here we go. So just quickly before we move on, because we were talking about um, interpreting podcasts, I, because I, I don't know if it was just this year, but I have noticed some new shows popping mm -hmm. up, which I think merit or warrant a quick shout out. For example, there's, um, there's a little wordplay involved here, getting, getting into it, getting in, into it, 
by Tamara Morova. Oh, God, I, I probably mangled the name. Sorry about that. Um, she's published two episodes so far about how to get into the uh, interpreting profession, which were quite interesting. Then there is um, one that is called Cervece Escucha, which has a Spanish title, but I think it's in English, if I remember correctly. Um, and there's a couple of others which we'll put in the show notes. So if ever you find yourself stuck between two Troublesome Terps episodes and you don't know what you should listen to, and there's nothing new from Lengevin because the guy's such a lazy guy, yeah. you can always listen to the other um, interpreting-related podcasts. Interpreting podcasts have just taken off. I remember kind of back in the day, there weren't really any that could even be nominated for a Prose Community Choice Award. That's true. And now it's actually growing. And I think we're beginning to to really, well, we were always good at talking to each other, but we're beginning to use the, the media a bit better. Mm. Great. Um, and I'm really, really pleased to see the growth in interpreting podcasts. I would still love to see a vlogcast crossover uh, with um, Lang FM and A Word in Your Ear. I think that that, that, po- <laughs> that crossover has to be done at some point. Yeah. Um, I was just yeah. going to say that there is no there is no YouTube personality in interpreting, but of course that's complete bollocks, pardon my French, because there's Lourdes de Rioja, of course. She has a huge YouTube channel. So. Yeah, she's kind of like yeah, a Meryl Streep of interpreting. So. <laughs> yeah. Ter- Terpwise, that was the one yes. that drew with you a couple of years ago. There's Terpwise as well, exactly. Yeah. And I, I'm going to let people into a small secret. By the time this comes out, there should be another YouTube interpreting channel, which will be coming, which will be starting in January. Ooh. You heard it here first, guys. Well, probably not by the time it, this comes out, but <laughs> <laughs> world's latest spoiler. Well, you get the idea. <laughs> you get the idea. So, um, should we start looking back at the very beginning of 2018, where we, um, well, we were a bit lazy, so we just reposted something that was already on YouTube, because <laughs> we did... Um, get the chance uh, we, we got invited by the ukrainian translators and interpreters association um, and they have a regular thing going on on youtube where they invite speakers to do webinars um, with live interaction and we did that as well i think at the, at the very end of 2017 and i think then we it got published a little bit later anyway that was yes. the first episode um, again it came out on youtube first and then we just released the audio on our podcast feed and the first proper episode was the year in review <laughs> in that case for 2017 uh-huh. yeah podception podcast podception i love it i think <laughs> if i remember correctly though that year in review episode i vaguely remember recording it one evening after i was away somewhere and i remember recording it in the evening i think this year has been the year where i've recorded quite a few episodes at least two or three episodes out of the house and i've random hotel somewhere um which is actually nice to get away from your usual surroundings but yeah it, it is yeah i remember 27 i can't even remember what we reviewed in 2017 probably a lot of really good stuff it does seem <laughs> that, that we've, we've now, we seem to have an annual tradition of doing at least one episode on machine interpreting now and we, um we probably did, wouldn't did we though well, the not, not last year. one was had a bit of machine interpreting. No, right. sorry, you mean you mean remote interpreting? That's something we do regularly. Yeah, but UTIC, I think we did machine interpreting revisited. For yeah, that, that was called machine interpreting revisited. That's correct. That's yeah, correct. Um, and and the, that was the, the topic great, of the very first episode ever. That is very great, true. And the great thing is knowing the how much all the machine interpreting devices have completely dropped into zero. I don't think we need to do one in twenty nineteen because they've all 
proven to not work as well, we fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. I, I'm pretty optimistic. So am I. I have a book coming out pointing to a massive algorithmic issue that means that they won't work while they're using their current algorithm. This is the issue. We, we don't talk enough in interpreting about the fact that small changes make a huge difference. So, for instance, the two French ways of saying the word you, it totally makes a difference whether you say to or vous. It really, really does. And I'd imagine it's the same with do and z in German. You can offend someone and not even realize you're doing it very quickly. Yeah, easily. Um, and that kind of stuff, show me a single machine translation algorithm even that can get that right 100% of the time. You can't because it's impossible, because it's socially constructed. Um, so, so yeah, can, I'm, You can take hints from context, you know, sentences coming before and after, and then you can yeah, kind of pick up. Yeah, but even that's not because... Um, it's definitely easier for a human than it is for oh, yeah. a machine, I would agree. I would say they would probably need cameras as well, because I have seen, I've been at conferences, most of the time when I'm interpreting, the speaker will switch between them as they address different people. Hmm. Which is, you know, for a, a human, it's easy. You just like, oh, look, he's staring at someone and talking to them. <laughs> I can do that. But, you know, like without a camera on your machine interpreting device, they just keep with the same, pro whichever pronouns in their corpus. Yeah. If if we move on to the to the next episode, that that would have been the episode we did with Judy Jenner and Hugh and Mendes. And this, if I'm not mistaken, not to be obsessed with stats or anything, but this um, has been for a long time now our best performing episode. I yes, think. it really yes. has been. So that's and, interesting. And Hugh and Mendes actually got back to me recently. He and I see each other occasionally at networking, and he pointed out that because of that episode, he's got a new client, not an interpreter, a translator whose husband. Well, kind of referred her to it, I think. No, sorry, it was a translator who listened to it, who then referred her husband to it, and he's now picked yeah. up a new client. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's brilliant because we underestimate, and I think interpreters underestimate, the power of the people that you know. It's not just about, you know, who can you get to cover Italian at some conference. You, We all know experts in different things, and we should be referring people around. Um, and Ewan was actually absolutely over the moon. Um, and I, th I think I can see why that episode's been downloaded so often because there's an awful lot of both very practical and very strategic stuff there. I remember Alexander Gansmeyer saying, you know, that it, it sounded to him like he and Judy were having the practical, what do I do tomorrow conversation? And you and I were having the high level, deep strategy conversation <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Well, Judy and I were just very in sync in that episode. But I do remember that episode. It was actually a really good good time just recording the episode it was just a really good vibe and everything clicked but also i think we really for the listeners provided a lot of uh, or we i mean judy and, and you and they provided a lot of really um, actionable insights which i really always appreciate yeah i think i will be going back in the new year and listening to that episode and changing my new year's resolutions <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should do more like business related stuff i don't know i think, I think we should and my thinking and i know there are certain other interpreters who agree with me on this is that some of the best business advice comes from outside of our industry mm -hmm. um, people who you have to sit and spell interpreting to tend to know business better than interpreters because we're not naturally entrepreneurial most of us and um, mm. so it's always good to chat to people who you know i, I went to an export event recently meeting people who are selling widgets or alcohol or alcohol with widgets in it. Um, it was a Scottish export conference. What else are they going to be making? Um, no, but there were people make, making and selling all sorts of things. 
Mm. And the way they went about it, you think these guys actually know something and that they weren't afraid to play with stereotypes and stunts. And I was like, there's something in this that maybe interpreting takes itself a bit too seriously and we need to start pulling off some stunts and, you know. Mm. The only profession approved by Nicole Kidman. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That sounds good. How did you know Ewan, by the way, Jonathan? So he, I've met him a couple of times at local business networking events. And someone asked me recently, you know, how do you meet all these amazing people? I said, I have a single tip to massively improve your business and your mental health. Three words, leave the house. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, so, so I met him at a really informal networking event, and then I met him again at a really busy one. And yeah, it's he, he's a really good guy to know, actually. And, you know, we all know how all of us met Judy, because Judy is... Like she's Judy. She's famous. <laughs> everybody knows Judy. Ju- Judy and Dagmar. And are she like, knows everybody. That's the crazy she thing. She really does. Um, yeah, it's, I, I love it when you meet people and they say, have you met his one? So it's like, no, I, I thought they were far too important to even know my name. <laughs> yeah. Starstruck. Talking about Starstruck, that is a nice segue. Um, yeah. The next episode. Well that we did done. Was, <laughs> oh, thank you. The next one was the first um, crossover or collab as the YouTube kids say, um, with um, the vocal fries, which was a lot of fun. Because I think I was the one who introduced um, Megan and Carrie to this bunch, or had any of you listened to the podcast <laughs> before. I hadn't listened to it before, but looking through their topics, I thought these they've really got something. And yeah. I went back to that episode recently and wrote a post about accent shaming and interpreting. Yeah. And was amazed at how diverse the responses were. And I started thinking, actually, maybe we need to go back to the kind of things the vocal fries are saying and and realizing that, you know, some things that you take for granted are actually um, not nice. Yeah. What do you mean? Some things you take for granted are not nice. So, so for instance, um, the first one of the quite a few of the responses I got when I wrote about accent shaming and it was inspired by vocal fries was people saying things like well of course all interpreters are going to sound like they come from Oxbridge that's how English sounds it's like oh, yeah really no, or, or, or they, they'd never seen the saying to people you have to lose your accent could in any way be discriminatory yeah and I'm like, well, uh, and it is fascinating the different responses that people came back with. And the, I think there's a lack of awareness and in interpreting as to the sheer diversity of the events that we work at. And there yeah. is no, no matter what anyone tells you, there is no such thing as a, as a standard accent at most conferences. Um, the world is not run by Oxbridge graduates and Ivy League people anymore. Uh, and so this idea of <laughs> no, but this idea of we have to sound like the delegates. Well, the delegates sound like everything from fifteenth language English to um, just come off the train from five. So you know, yeah, no, I completely yeah. agree. And 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 probably just to to clarify for those um, who haven't listened to the episode, first of all, shame on you. <laughs> it's still there so you can but just go back and, and listen to you and those of you who don't know the vocal fries yet it's a podcast about um linguistic discrimination so they tackle all kinds of things as for example vocal fry um which apparently drives a lot of people 
up the wall which is great when, when women oh, use yeah. it um but of course everybody uses vocal fry to some extent so there you go yeah. um but really do do take a look um at the vocal fries podcast they have very interesting guests very interesting stuff about linguistics in in general and linguistic discrimination in um, particular and i think i just listened to one of their most recent episodes and they've just crossed the 100,000 download oh listen wow, that is so crazy. congratulations but yeah they're doing very well they really deserved it there was i mean the whole episode was just great the topic yeah. was good the it was a lot was of fun great. but the two <laughs> yeah. girls like they're just amazing like carrie and megan they, they were just they're just lovely people it was just a joy yes. to, to chat with them so it, go check them well, out as well as getting more business people i think more linguistic people and more in general deep experts on things are really interesting to, to have on the show we'll, we'll come to it later but i think the guests this year have been absolutely stellar yeah, yeah. Um, just one quick remark. Um, I I do. I, if they listen to the show, I don't know if they do. But um, quick shout out to Lingthusiasm. I don't know if you guys know this podcast. It's a podcast. I think the tagline is a podcast for people who are enthusiastic about language and linguistics. And it's um, Gretchen McCulloch and Lauren Gorn. They're both experts in linguistics, very entertaining people, and they really managed to pull off a podcast about linguistics, which is very informative and very entertaining. And apparently they have merch. Yeah. They have I mean, they have great merch, uh, by the way. Yeah. People keep but if they're listening, I, I want to do a crossover episode with them. Shout out. Shout out. There are quite I, I'm actually I've now begun to discover podcasts. Um, hey, I, I, welcome. The, <laughs> welcome to the world of tomorrow. Well, there's one I'm going to start listening to, and I'm realizing that a lot of the future of podcasts is in crossover episodes, and sometimes the ones that you look at it on paper and you go, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but my kids have gotten really into, rather than a podcast, they've gotten really into a YouTube channel on domin uh, domino rallies. It's, it's <laughs> okay, like this yeah. 20 year old lady who sets up domino rallies and she'll do crossovers and you'll go yeah how's that gonna work but actually <laughs> it works and i think well you have the white dominoes and i use the black ones <laughs> let's do a collab <laughs> oh boy womp womp but um <laughs> oh boy the, the domino community are gonna seek us out and knock <laughs> us down one after another yeah <laughs> perfectly in time to music <laughs> That reminds me of Domino Day. It was my favorite thing when I was a kid. Right? It was I amazing. I loved it. Yeah. Maybe that's just the German OCD thing, you know, yeah, like everything they actually is completely do, new. They still have thing. Domino Day. Ger Germany are like the world leading Domino people. Um, I thought it was the Dutch, actually. But it is the Dutch. Sorry, Come on, man. Linda, Linda <laughs> de Mol was like the hostess. Like, she's the Dutch. She was. Yeah, the she Dutch was. lady. Oh, yeah. But some more people who I'd like to kind of semi-sponsor an episode and get on would be, we did a travel episode, which I think we might be coming up to later. I would like the makers of my suitcase to come on the show. So Gate 8. Yeah, we need to get that. You will be listening to, the, you, you will see this because I will You will you be listening. Uh, Gate 8, we, we would love to have you on the show and we would love to do and ask us anything and get interpreters to suggest your ideal interpreting cabin bag. Yeah, and get the gate eight guys on the show to talk, or ladies, whoever's in the office, and exactly. get 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 them to talk. <laughs> whoever's to available, like really, their, their process yeah. and the. Well, you had your you had your gate eight back in London for the live event, and I thought it was it looked. I mean, I already I saw it online and thought it was great, but seeing it in, in oh, yeah. real life, it was quite impressive it's, because I, I, I'm a real bag nerd, and I can really you know <laughs> just love bags. 
I, I once got taken to the side by security at Edinburgh Airport because there was something they didn't recognize in my luggage. And, you know, the, the tray comes along. And <laughs> was the, it Ambro? No, the, 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 the no, lady man, on security... It wasn't sc- Snickers bar. <laughs> The, the, la- the lady on the on the kind of bag check scanned the the barcode to get the picture up, and she looked at the picture, and she went, "Oh, they didn't oh. realize it." She said they didn't realize that you were traveling with a travel iron. I was like, "Well, you know, I'm in Edinburgh. They don't know what oh, iron is." The famous travel iron, yeah. Oh, we do love it. <laughs> that was we, a nice bit. We can like we can end up with a troublesome terp site like branded travel iron. <laughs> 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 well, I, I can just if people have a travel iron, please do get in touch. I'll send you stickers that you can put on your travel iron. That's right. Or, that's better. Or, than, we, yeah. or we ask the gate eight guys if we can get troublesome terps branded and terps to luggage. Yeah, that would be nice. Mm. Be okay, okay, sorry. Just Crazy. imagining this this nice logo on a on a black suitcase. <sighs> mm. <laughs> anyway, anyway. <laughs> let's move on to the next. <laughs> episodes actually because this was a, a two punch right this was actually um, like a quadruple we, punch <laughs> yeah ex- like what was this band. about alex do tell so us this is actually uh like a double whammy of the professional associations so yeah. first off we had corinne mckay and sarah griffin mason who's now sarah bauer mason that's right sarah bauer mason we were talking to them about associations which obviously is the ata and the iti And then right after that, we had another professional association's double whammy with um, Karen Walker and Sarah King from the Falkadi, the German Associations of Conference Interpreters, and the German chapter of AIC. So that was was actually one of my favorite time periods, if you will, because it's not necessarily... Do explain, Alex. How's, how does that? I just really think, and I think we've been good at this, so, you know, pat on the shoulder for ourselves, but I think we've really been very good, the three of us, at, at underlining how important as, uh, professional associations are for the profession at large and, and also what you can do for the associations and what the associations can do for you and maybe cannot do for you because they can't do everything. So I think that's something that we've been very vocal about without the fry, but um, <laughs> I think it's really important to talk about that. And I think we do, and I think those two episodes absolutely helped, and it's also reflected in the stats. If you, if you're curious, I think also. So you mean the prof- um, associations got a lot of new members, right? <laughs> absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were on commission with that episode. It was five pent now. I think one thing that struck me with the association episode, and this strikes me whenever I talk to people from any association, is every association really has the same issues and also we're, we're all on the same team yeah absolutely doesn't always feel like it sometimes because i know you there's always inter-association stuff but we, yeah. we're actually all trying to do the same thing and we each association have has different strengths and weaknesses the iti and ata episode really showed me the the difference between the scale the ata can get because you know they in the us where everything is large and that's very true. What, what what ITI can do because basically ITI and I'm going to get in trouble for this. ITI have the best volunteers on the planet. Um, doing oh, it's going to be a volunteer off with the Falca Day man. <laughs> oh, telling you right oh. now, Falca Day represent. <laughs> we we have th- we have almost exactly three thousand members. And that's huge. I damn, know. that's huge. Yes. ITI uh, has 3,000 members? Yes. Um, Wait, how much does the ATA have? Do we know? Like, more roughly? than that, but it's ATA. More than that, but yeah. Yeah, still. But, yeah. AT, AT, 
um, I think one of the ATA divisions is the entire size of ITI. Yeah, yeah the interpreters division. We, <laughs> so, we mentioned that on the on the episode. Yeah, so yeah, ITI, exactly. ITI has almost exactly three thousand members, and wow. my time on the board finishes officially in May. And you know, we, we're always great about associations, but what really strikes me is the fact that the the current ITI board I have rarely, if ever, met a group of such dedicated, hands-on, on-the-ball people. And the fact that in this year alone, we could put together two open letters to leading political figures and, you know, start up a research network and they're all load of amazing stuff. You think that's, it blows my mind what can be achieved. Yeah. And maybe we can just do a quick one round Robin on associations because um, just received a, a newsletter from the Exco, the executive committee of AIC today about um, mm. all the things that they did this year. And it was indeed quite a busy one. So we had the interpreting strike in the European Parliament. Well done, which was not great, but in the end, a solution was found. So that's good. Um, and what else? So that there was lots, there was lots of negotiations going on basically for AIC. So that was a big deal um, all around the world and, and remote, of course, kept us busy. So we, we published the big study about distance interpreting, as I calls it, about the different yeah, kinds that yeah. there are and that, that kind of thing. So I don't know, do you want to round this off with some insight into VKD in Germany, Alex? There's like a lot of stuff that we're currently working on and I don't want to get into all of yeah. that yet, even though this episode is coming out in January. But um, I'm currently busy with my friend and colleague, Claudia, preparing the uh, VKD AGM, which is going to be at the end of January. And before that, we actually have a pretty huge event which the faculty is sponsoring partially so this is going to be hashtag brand x19 hashtag faculty on tour hashtag whatever <laughs> well, uh, some some other hashtag which i forgot shame on me there's a lot of hashtags there's a lot of hashtags um but it's basically a, a huge event for event people so like event organizers event uh congress people whatever Mm. Um, and the VKD got in on the action thanks to our uh, colleague Julia Boom and um, yeah we're basically sponsoring the interpreters so we're interpreting in three languages and I think it's going to be about uh, 12 people all in all so that's happening in the middle of January January 15th and uh, that's a huge project that's going on at the moment because of course i mean as you can imagine like coordinating all these interpreters and then it's also on a voluntary basis we have to arrive the day before gotta leave the day after because it's also um like an evening event like an award ceremony and then there's an after party and we actually all get like a uh, like a uniform like a falcadi um shirt <laughs> yeah like it's actually pretty cool like they really put their okay. heart and soul into it so yeah. It's obviously too late by the time this episode comes out, but do follow the FACAD on social media because we post really fun stuff, really cool things. Um, no, but I mean, it's 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 really it's really great to see all the all the stuff that is going on in in the professional associations, and um, that actually makes me feel a little bit proud. I think, um, which, by the way, is a segue <laughs> to the next episode, which was all about feelings and emotions. This was the episode that we did with Caroline Lear. Right. Who I have known for a few years now. We always um, run into each other at Suti conferences. Um, so we we got to talk about her research work. And at some point I thought, well, this 
could actually be a very good topic for the troublesome turf so we organized that and um that was that was really um it was slightly different sort of a, a different feel a different vibe maybe somehow hmm, i don't know maybe a little bit um similar to the one that we did with justine mason uh last year um so it was it was a very touchy feely topic but in a good way yeah but i completely agree i think those episodes kind of go not in the same direction but like they they had a similar vibe to them i i feel i agree with you yeah i would actually like to do another mental health episode at some point but you know the, yeah, the caroline lear too. episode on the one hand i was so so glad because it meant i wasn't the only research nerd although i have since <laughs> that episode came out i have discovered that alexander drexel is actually a published researcher he totally is and he's totally a research nerd he just plays it down and tries yeah. to cover the whole thing by being like a nerd nerd with his ipad but he's a total research nerd He's a total researcher. So I'm the token non-researcher as well. Yeah, the whole tablet interpreting stuff is just a shell. It's just a, yeah. just a facade. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean that episode, I was fascinated by not just her research, but how she does it. Yeah, it's quite and interesting. Her background as well, because she's not, if I remember correctly, she's not herself an interpreter. She, nope. she I don't yeah. think she is. No, yeah. Mm -hmm. She and has I, some background in shall we say, language mediation or yeah, yeah, exactly. translation, but she's not a conference interpreter, that's true. And I think it's interesting because I'm, I've gotten so used to saying that the vast majority of interpreting researchers are themselves interpreters, and that's still kind of true. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of really good work coming from people who have taken come in, if you like, sideways, and that's good because there are some research topics that I think us kind of practitioner researchers would be wary to touch because wouldn't want the rest of the profession shouting at us or we might not even have have examined them and it's good to see i love people coming into interpreting from other angles and just coming up with topics that are amazing yeah it's a fresh perspective and they have a different the different background and and a different perspective on on what we do and they can bring they can just bring new things to the table which i yeah. think is is one of the things like one of the things that um, Caroline does so well. So yeah, I really enjoyed that one too. But I do find it fascinating that other people find our profession so fascinating that they actually start doing research on it. So that's pretty cool. Because obviously, if you're an interpreter, you yeah. are more yeah. inclined to do research on interpreting. Whereas if you're completely, you know, from an outside um, background, if you will, and then you become inter interested in interpreting, I think that's even more interesting to me as an interpreter. Yeah. You mean it's Fair flattering. It anyway. It's also flattering, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Fair enough. Yeah. It would be it would be lying if I said that wasn't true. I, I did have someone come up to me a few months ago at a business networking event and say, so what can you actually research about interpreting? And my answer was, where would you like me to start? <laughs> I said, you know, we've only been doing this for about 50 years. If you can imagine a question, we don't have the answer. <laughs> that's the we are in there. Love it. Actually, any question you want to ask, the answer is yeah. maybe. <laughs> we maybe. don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Apart, apart, the only thing that we know for sure is neutrality and impartiality mean nothing. <laughs> that could Although be that's controversial. controversial. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Only for people yeah. who would actually like science. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in All any right. case, it wasn't the only research-based episode we, yeah. that we did in 2018, and there will be more in 2019, we can promise Absolutely. you that. We've already lined, lined uh, up a few things but in that we, regard. We went um, from, from kind of highbrow research to 
Jonathan in the Alex, he's go shopping. With <laughs> yeah. episode. That's yeah. right. We went shopping for travel irons. <laughs> the, the, the only thing that, that was missing from that episode, and I think we, we sounded like the biggest bag and gadget nerds ever in that episode, and I have since bought we are. Which Yeah, which we are. What are you well, talking I've, about? I've since bought myself a PowerAd Pilot spare battery um usb battery for my phone mm-hmm. how did i ever travel without one they are just right. incredible right. yeah really we are. do travel a lot and it helps to know what you're doing <laughs> yeah indeed my record is 10 flights in a row through edinburgh airport without my bag being taken for special searching oh that's pretty good i cannot get past 10 yeah <laughs> so like i got randomed twice with the ITI board meeting, I'm like, really, guys? Why? Honestly, in Europe, I have never been random, but in the States, every single time that I go to the States, they always randomly check me and, you know, like when they swipe your hands for the bomb residue and stuff. Like, I always get that when I go to the States. I don't know if it's my face or being my yeah. beard. I don't know. That's what my grandpa said, honestly. Although my, I read a <laughs> hilarious article recently that there's a security expert who found out that you could, you would, you're seen as a threat. You know those body scanner things? Yeah. 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 They see you as a threat if you have sweaty armpits. Mm. That's not good. <laughs> there was also a woman who the body scanner thought she was carrying explosives and it was just that she was slightly overweight. Yeah. And she ended up like legally challenging it because she's like, that's not right. So yeah. Yeah, the, that's discrimination. The, the, the German, it's just like some German authority have said they're looking at getting rid of body scanners because seven out of ten times that they pick something up it's like someone's sweating it's weird though i've had a few interpreting assignments in the field of civil aviation security and i look at the security <sighs> checks a little bit differently so that's how so you know, just goes just a little bit of insight obviously you can't disclose anything because yeah. that's super confident <laughs> no it's one nt hush no <laughs> but i mean it's, it's it's sometimes when you when you work when you work as an interpreter on something that gives you more insight into something that's absolutely ordinary for everyone else and then you just know a little bit better about how something works or how it should work and then you just have a different view on on things so you look you look more at the details and that kind of thing i I do love that about interpreting that we see parts of the world that no one else ever gets to see yeah exactly Um, ever since i interpreted two business negotiations i've never looked at business again and the same way again Never looked at business again. Yeah, I gave up. <laughs> I've, never had, I've never looked at business the same way again. And when you're in some meetings, the weird thing is, is when you interpret in a meeting and then you see what, um, like that company's product driving by you on the motorway and you go, ah, mm. I'm great. <laughs> I also know all your weaknesses. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, and I mean, speaking of insight, I was, I worked in a, a data center a couple of weeks ago that was also extremely extremely interesting um to to see how it actually works and you know all the infrastructure that's involved in just handling data and all the energy and everything that was that was pretty interesting i'm sure there was a lot of gdpr talk wasn't there (laughs) oh yeah that was (laughs) see there you go not even a joke (laughs) i was just gonna say oh that was a really good joke and that was actually the topic of our next episode (laughs) see how well that worked Episode 26, as it was, uh, was actually uh, with Matthew Perret. And it was a really fun episode, like by design. 
right guys <laughs> exactly yeah matthew actually just celebrated his birthday a couple of days ago which will be a couple of weeks ago by the time the episode goes That's out right. <laughs> through the magic of time travel anyway <laughs> this was a really fun episode yeah it really was um, because it was not just um dad jokes from the two dads and <laughs> i have no idea jokes from matthew but we also talked a little bit about um how to handle fun and jokes and stuff as an interpreter when it gets it's thrown your way. It's important to handle it right, if you know what I mean. If you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> For all the fun and craziness of that episode, I was surprised at how much of that episode was actually quite serious. Um, that is true. There were some really, we, you know, we, we have probably one of the most surreal podcasts in the podcasting space. There you go, I've said Oh, it. you have no idea. Oh, the podcasting um, space, I love it. <laughs> but, but the thing is, is that for, for a podcast episode, which someone once described to me as three guys thinking they're funny in a pub, we actually touch on some fairly deep subjects. Did somebody say that about us? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, mm. it, so this is the interesting thing is that what people don't realize is when you're starting out with any endeavor, like a podcast or whatever. Or a YouTube yeah, channel. Or a YouTube channel, you get you get varied feedback, and it takes you some time to find your feet. I think this year is the year I think we really found our feet. We've only been doing this for yeah. two years, but we really found our feet this year, and we hit on some again some really serious subjects. But in the early days, I remember a couple of people. I'm not going to name them because they have every right to their opinions. As anyone else? One person said, "You know, I really think your episodes are too long, and you need to look at cutting them down." And we tried that, and it just bombed it doesn't work and then then i had someone else saying to us you you can always hit pause and resume later yeah (laughs) sorry not sorry (laughs) well i had someone say to me that thing of you know it's difficult to take your podcast seriously because it just sounds like three guys thinking that they're funny in a pub what's wrong with that by the way but i i think this is the thing because it's good different things are going to appeal to different people and there are some like highly recommended translation interpreting websites that i'm like you know, if you, okay, if you want, you know, mm-hmm. no big deal to me. And other people are just fawning over. And, yeah. you know, I expect that there are going to be some people who are on, come across troublesome terps and go, what? <laughs> people who love it. <laughs> That's yeah. true. And we're doing it for the ones who love it and for us, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, he said we're doing it for the people who love it and us. <laughs> yeah. That kind of says like we've given up on enjoying it years ago. Well, of course, we, we wouldn't be doing it if, if we it's didn't. It's a enjoy job, it, right? It's a job like any other. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, we just do it for all the money that comes floating. Exactly. In all the time I mean, honestly, we're pretty through much through all the influencer marketing that we're doing. Yeah. If you guys well, went to the live event, you could see like we basically just poured all the money into the pub, and it was like a Scrooge McDuck type pool situation. <laughs> that was the live event. Wow. Yeah. Seriously. We're gonna we're gonna come back to the live event later. Yeah. Yeah. We will. Let's just look into the next episode. Uh, <laughs> good, good call. I hate to sound a little bit narcissistic. Oh, come on. <laughs> We're doing a podcast, for God's sake. <laughs> touché, Alex, touché. Right. Here you go. But, um, okay, let's we, do this again. <laughs> we have done research episodes before, and funny. it was nice because we'd never really done a kind of general why bother with research episode? And yes, Alexander Gansmar did give me a ribbing that it, you know, the download numbers weren't as high as certain other episodes. But I think it they was actually nice. did. They actually came back around. So yeah, I take the that back. Pretty good. Yeah, 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 they're actually so, pretty good. 
in interpreting research is a thing. It has been a thing for fifty years, but interpreting research <laughs> is becoming fashionable. Um, I have a, I still have a couple of interpreter colleagues who say to me, you know, if you want to see research done badly, look at interpreting studies. <laughs> Which, to be honest, that's harsh. That is harsh. In places, they've got a point. Um, we've corrected a lot of the worst things and there were times in interpreting studies where you'd say things like, oh, look, we did a survey of 10 people, let's publish it. Um, but yeah, I think interpreting research is now, it seems to have turned a corner. People are taking it so seriously that they're actually disagreeing with researchers, which is great. Mm. It seems to be coming, we've got some really amazing people doing interpreting research like Jemaine Napier, Elizabeth Celius, Graham Turner, Josh Goldsmith, but we have we have some incredible geniuses in interpreting research, and some brilliant research coming out. It just seems to have just taken off. So one day, yep. when Alexander Gansmeyer writes his PhD, <laughs> <laughs> it, you will see what, what, one day the that there's a frozen overhill. Yeah, <laughs> one day I'm not going to be the only troublesome terp with a PhD. We're going to all three have PhDs, oh, and we're going to have the the three oh. doctors special. Yeah, I guarantee you, you will be enrolled in a PhD before Britain's British politics makes sense again. <laughs> well, that's a very low bar. <laughs> yeah, that is a very low bar. That's a Brexit. And then, then we went from research to the bravest episode that we've ever done, and I was pleasantly surprised at the the nature and the depth of the questions that we got because we got yeah. ask us anything and every ask us anything i've ever come across before people have come up with stupid questions like yes. you know what's your favorite pizza and you know silly that's easy to answer though <laughs> is yeah, it ham- though i mean what's your take on hawaii pizza ham and pineapple guys <laughs> i love it jonathan ham and pineapple is the best pizza ever yeah hawaii pizza Just don't tell the italians very controversial. Well, the Italians mm. actually introduced like Verstal pizza for the Germans, like very close to the border. So that's, they don't get to judge anymore, I feel, after that <laughs> abomination. They yeah. provoke their rights. So long as no one does sauerkraut pizza, we're all okay. Well, that would be flamenco anyway. Yeah. <laughs> getting getting into the depth. But actually, when I was living in the UK, they had kebab pizza. They had kebab pizza yeah. at Tesco. Yeah. That, that's been outrageous. And, and German yeah. supermarkets now sell chocolate pizza. Right, that is the thing. That, that is, is correct. It's a it's dessert, disgusting. and a friend of mine bought it because it looks incredible, like the packaging and everything. And then no, she it sent a picture. <laughs> no, it looks really good, like the packaging and everything. And you think, oh, that's going to be really good. And then she took a picture of the packaging and a picture of the actual pizza, final product. And yeah. it's it's like somebody took the packaging and ran it over with a car like five times, <laughs> and that's what it really looks like. So don't buy that chocolate. Pizza. Okay, m- moving past pizza. Moving past PSA. pizza. <laughs> well, what else do we want to say about the Ask Us Anything episode, which seems to be a fan favorite so far? Yeah, we'll definitely be doing one again. I think next year, this year. Yeah, I, I 2019, think twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Yeah, sure. So okay. you can already start preparing your questions right yeah, now. We, we've yeah, we've had absolutely. complaints of I didn't get a chance to ask. So why don't we just say, from the moment this episode comes out, start sending us your questions. Yes. And, yes. and when absolutely. we have enough, we'll do the episode. Yeah, and yeah. When, we, when we have enough. And we love voice messages, by the way. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> we do. We can just interpret saying. them better. You know. yeah. <laughs> I've just realized I'm the only troublesome terrorist person without glasses on. Yeah, you're the token non-glass person. I actually 
this is going to get edited out, so I don't care. I actually have <laughs> sure about famous that? last words. <laughs> I, I, I actually have glasses for because I have one eye that's weaker than the other. This totally does, doesn't relate to anything. But yes, I have glasses for when I start getting symptoms or just when I'm working on flights because I have anti-glare coating on my glasses. Oh, yeah. I once had glasses without the anti-glare coating because I was like, why spend the extra 20 quid or whatever it was? And it was it's worth it. It <laughs> is like so worth it. Best 20 pound ever yes. spent in my life. I hated that whole year. Oh my now, God. Yeah, now, I, I, now I'm waiting for special coating on my glasses that mean I can read the news and not go, oh my goodness. <laughs> that, that coating doesn't exist. You just take the glasses off and you don't read. <laughs> That's the end of it. <laughs> right. I think. The one that we did after that, yeah, that was one of, we're getting to the most recent episodes now. This was the yeah. one with Aline Casanova from Interpret Time Bank on giving feedback. And this is one I, I really enjoyed. I yeah. Say. Um, I think I have to dis- have to have a disclaimer here. I was one of the beta testers of Interpret Time Bank and I really like it. So. And a quick disclaimer from my side, I was deadly sick in the episode, so that's why I actually didn't say much. <laughs> so, okay. I was mostly a mute because I was like coughing and sneezing the whole time, but I really enjoyed the episode as well. Yeah, and we also had some some audio hiccups throughout, so apologies for that. But I still enjoyed the episode. That wasn't me. I didn't have the hiccups. <laughs> no, that was just internet weather or whatever. Mm. And I think the thing is, is that, again, it's a topic we're going to want to come back to. Um, mm-hmm. I am still of the opinion that if that all interpreters should be getting feedback, even though I'm really rubbish at it. <laughs> um, but I would like to, to have 2019 as the New Year's resolution for all interpreters that we actually ask our boothmates for feedback. And if we'd asked for feedback, feedback, we don't do the typical interpreting thing of, and I quote, if you weren't good, you wouldn't be here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Thanks. <laughs> or, or the other one was, I noticed that you misconjugated the verb 15 minutes ago. <laughs> so useful. Thank you very much. Which is particularly helpful if working into French. So <laughs> thanks. thanks for that. Jesus. Boire is my nemesis. You, you didn't use the subtional T for whatever. I was the third person plural of boire. <laughs> and I was like, you know, just, just make more sense and then yeah. we'll be all right. <laughs> Although... Yeah. To be fair, I'm thinking that like the best French in the world is Swiss French because they know how to do numbers right. Belgians too, by the way. Just Belgians too. Shout out for the Belgians and the Canadians, just not the French. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we going to get so much email? Oh my god! <laughs> Wait, this might be controversial, get, guys. You're going to get a quick sp- shout out to the elusive turp, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She knows what we're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. I was explaining to someone what 99 was in French. French recently, you know, French from France. Hmm. And they they just looked at me and said, why? (laughs) Yeah, nobody knows. Not even the French know, to be honest. Have you tried Danish, though? Have you tried Danish? Yes. Pastry is good. want to? (laughs) Pastry, lovely language, not so much. Yeah. The other thing is the Danish people just seem to speak any language you throw at them anyway, so. (laughs) Yeah. Although, have you ever tried pronouncing Danish town names? Ah, uh, well, you need to yeah. have a feedback loop for that, right? <laughs> and then we had, you know, after the the feedback loop, we had a field piece. And again, I think it was the only episode this year that I wasn't in. That is correct because of because that's the right. gods. So yeah. I, do you know, can I confess something and not get in serious trouble? I haven't actually listened to that one yet. 
<laughs> That's well, okay. it's fine. By the time January comes around and this episode airs, you'll obviously have listened to all of them. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right? right. Let, let, let's, let, let's go with that. <laughs> okay. Tell us about that episode, though, Alex, because you, you were there, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was Alex and Alex. So both of the Alexes yeah. were actually present. And Another double and whammy. Another double whammy. And we went not only to town, but we went to London Met. Because this was the morning of the live event in November, November 17th, if I remember yeah. correctly. And um, Danielle Dyer, if I butchered that name, I'm very sorry. But she invited us uh, together with Hugo, who was on our podcast before, hashtag one in tea hush. Yes. Um, they made this episode happen. And so we basically went to London, met to their uh, MA interpreting, MA conference interpreting. And the students did another uh, Basically, another AMA with us, another Ask Us Anything, Ask Me Anything type of episode. And um, it was really, really good. I was actually very impressed with the quality of the questions that we received from the students, especially because they're new students who started this year. There were also a few um, former students and a few more experienced students in there. But the majority of the people that were there asking the questions were new students starting this, well, last year in 2018. Uh, Yeah. Hashtag they did have very good questions, they yeah. Did. And, and um, for us, it was also a good opportunity to test all the equipment that Ash left, you know, <laughs> not through the channel, but underneath the channel um, on on the train. So you can listen for yourself on the feed um, and um, and convince or, or judge by yourself if the quality was good. Uh, I think so. And the I think it was fun. really good. The questions yeah. were really good, and I think if you if you get good questions, then you usually end up with pretty good answers. Hashtag interpreting research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We did get some nice feedback on Twitter as well. Yeah. Quite a few people said that they really enjoyed listening to the episode. That's yeah. great. And I think you had kind of an, an ersatz third trouble center. I think Hugo came in and helped say <laughs> Hugo has been on the, the show before. In a way, yeah. yeah. He's a friend. He's definitely a friend of the show. Yeah, absolutely. He, he is as Hugo in real life as he appears online. Yeah, larger than life. People say that about us, and I think we're actually quite demure and retiring, really. Retiring? <laughs> not lit, not as in getting old. No, I get that. I I got that. Yeah, you know, we're completely bashful. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> but, you know, actually, can I just mention, like, one of my favorite moments of the, the that well, episode, but also being there. I mean, they did send a whole host of questions ahead of time so we could actually take a look at it and figure out what we yep. were going to say. But then at the very end, and it's also in the episode, just so you can take a listen to it as well if you want to. Uh, at the very end, we actually had some off-the-cuff questions that the students just came up with on the fly. And I think those were actually one of the one of my favorite moments in that session. Um, you know, the whole question about the goals, like what are your goals and how do you actually work on those? That kind of caused yeah. by surprise, which you can obviously hear in the episode, but I think it also <laughs> made us kind of think. And it's a question that not a lot of people ask themselves a lot of the times, um, especially if you're freelancing and you just kind of have, you know, you have your business, you've got the clients, you just keep on chugging along and working. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you're kind of, it's not a grind because obviously every day is different, but... Um, but there's some routine. There's it, there's know, a certain just, routine, yeah, yeah. I, and and there's a certain um, rat race esque quality to it. So I, guess, I, yeah. I think just taking that moment and kind of figuring out what the goals are, if we have the goals, if not, how do we establish the goals? And like, 
I, I think that, that was actually one of my favorite questions from that whole thing. Not to say that yeah. the questions weren't good, but that was really because it caught us off guard. So I just really appreciated that question. Yeah, I would have loved to be there because I don't know about anyone else, but I see the interpreting sector changing certainly here in the UK quite rapidly. And I have a feeling we're going to see something similar in, in mainland Europe in that it used to be in the UK that you could kind of establish yourself just sitting passively and waking, waiting for work to come. Yeah, And you could, you know, network with other interpreters and schmooze the agencies and you didn't really need to do marketing as such. And the profession itself didn't really need to do marketing or PR as such because there was such a, a lineup of clients that already knew what interpreting was and they knew what they were buying and, and it was all there. Certainly in the UK, and I think for, even from what I was hearing from some of my colleagues in Paris, that's beginning to shift. That there's a realization that some of our traditional markets are either stagnating or certainly not growing to the pace uh, with the same pace of, I don't know, that the universities are bringing out more interpreters. And so there's a realization that we need to look at winning new clients, not just you know new clients that we haven't worked with before, but new clients who might not have even worked with interpreters before. And I think this, you know, talking about goals, talking about where do you want to go, talking about what do you think is going to happen, that's really important for us to look at. Maybe we should get like a business planning or strategy person on. Because hmm. certainly from from my point of view, I would agree with with Barry Olson's take that we can't just assume that interpreting is always going to be the way it's always been. And I do think we need to start thinking about, you know, I was told when I graduated that as a conference interpreter, you would never get enough work in the same area to be a specialist. Hmm. I'm now seeing increasingly, I'm seeing interpreters selling themselves as specialists. And I'm seeing interpreters going, well, for the sake of marketing, I'm going to have to target a market. And so I'm going to have to be a de facto specialist in that. It's going to be interesting to see, even in the next year, how interpreting changes. Certainly my business strategy is very much focused on there are two or three segments that I want to nail down and they're the ones where I'm looking for work from because I see that if I don't do that, I just simply won't get enough work. But it sounds a little bit counterintuitive. If, um, I, I would have thought it's it's maybe the, the opposite, that you have to be more of a generalist to... I don't know. Well, actually, no, I agree with Jonathan, because in Germany, that's a big trend at the moment that people, especially in the associations, um, start selling themselves as specialists for like five to ten topics, mm-hmm. give or take. Um, so the whole idea is, of course, still if a client comes to you from without your your specialties, that you would be the generalist and you could kind of find your, your footing in any given job. But sure. More and more people do. I, I completely agree with with what you said, Jonathan. Pe- more and more people start selling themselves as um, specialists. Absolutely, mm. and I, th- I think as well. So there's a marketing myth that goes around that says that if you become a specialist, you lose out on work, and that kind of is and isn't true. But it, when you become a specialist, you actually open the door to more work because you get the work that that wouldn't go to a generalist. Um, so, for example, I've become for the agencies. Here, I've become the interpreter that they call when they deem it to be high risk or complicated. Hmm. Now, I'm quite happy with that because those jobs actually, if you know what you're doing, you can deliver them. And if you're confident enough to go, 
fine. So, you know, I might get sports interpreting, I might get high-level business negotiations, or I might get what they deem as super technical. And, and it's fine because I know if they're calling me for that, that they've got an understanding of what needs to happen for the job to be delivered, which is great. Mm. But even even with that, I'm now thinking, you know, looking at the interpreting that I've done, looking at the the interpreting that I've delivered well, and when you speak to business people, their questions are they ask you questions like, "So, how much do you know about manufacturing? How much do you know about <laughs> exporting to France?" Yeah. And you know, if a business has got you know thirty million euro riding on a deal, they don't want to call a generalist. They want someone who can at least show that they know enough about manufacturing widgets or selling hotel rooms or whatever, because yeah. they're assuming that you're going to need that knowledge to be able to deliver the job. But I think that's a very interesting point to make because it brings us to the live event, which was, of course, the last episode of, of 2018 of last year, um, which we started off with um, lies we tell to the clients. Mm. Um and we said it on the live event. I think lies is a pretty, pretty stark word, a pretty ugly word for that. But, yeah. you know, if somebody calls me and I've never sold, I don't know, I've never done anything with manufacturing, let's say, I'm not going to say, no, I'm not going to take the job. I'm going to take the job and I'm going to do the work and put it in. But of course, as we said on the live event as well, only do that for topics where you feel comfortable that you can actually provide the service that the client yeah. is looking for. So you for me, do that for a medical conference. That's right. So for yeah. me, if somebody calls me and says, hey, I'm a lawyer, I'm looking for somebody who's going to do this legal thingamajig, I'm not going to pretend like I'm actually going to be able to do that. I'm going to say, feel free to drop me an email and I'll you know, forward it to the to the colleague that I know is going to provide an excellent service, and they're going to provide a quote for you, and and you know what have you. Um, so you need to be able to come through on what you've promised the client, hmm. but at the same time, it's just it's 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 kind of a quite catch twenty two, Jonathan, about what yeah. you know what you were just saying because you don't want to over promise, you don't want to oversell yeah. yourself, but also you don't want to sell yourself short and say, hey, I don't have actually got any experience in this particular field with this exact type of conference, hmm. knowing full well that you could deliver a great interpretation yeah. nonetheless. So it's it's kind of a tricky balancing act, which we also discuss in the in the live event in London on November seventeenth in the Roebuck Pub. So the the way that I take that one is I actually do have a decent amount of work in manufacturing. And also, I you tend to only have those conversations when you're at an event in the area. So I've been to two great events on exporting recently. And of course, you know, people are there and they're going to say, oh, you're an interpreter. What have you done in exporting? And actually, well, if you're an interpreter and you've done anything commercially, you've done exporting work. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know at least a piece of the process. And I think this was the, the interesting thing about the live episode is, truthfully, we'd never done a live episode before and we had no experience doing one. Well, maybe <laughs> you guys did because you had done London Met before. Well, but you did some sound work and yeah. I yeah, did no, some live gigs in when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> Wait, that's a whole other story that we need to get into, the live yeah. gigs Alex did when he was younger. Yeah. <laughs> We'll do an episode about our secret past. Oh, that would be so cool. Oh, good God, no. <laughs> oh, no photos, just, oh, just audio. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to send in a, an anonymous AMA question saying, so what did you do before you were an interpreter? Yeah, Tell us exactly. about your secret past. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I think the, the live episode was a really, really good one. Um, it taught me a lot about the different interactions that you have when you're recorded versus live. 
Absolutely, yeah. It also taught me the difference between incidental, accidental comedy and professional comedy. <laughs> Get out, stop. Donna said. <laughs> <laughs> to continue. He's not. He's just going to let that hang for comedic effect. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to let that. No, to, to, there were. It was a different level of humor. Um, but yeah, I. Yes. <laughs> so in the second half of the live show. <laughs> yes. Can we get the script up? No, actually, the, the, the thing that made the live show work for me is we had a really good audience. Yes. And I hate to say this, but my favorite part of the live show was after we'd gotten through the adrenal rush of recording <laughs> to get to sit and chat to people who actually listened to Troublesome Interpreters. And even some people, there were even some people there who weren't interpreters. And I was like, okay, how much are explaining are we going to need to do here? <laughs> yeah. We did that at the very beginning of the show, though. Yeah, yeah we did. Badly explain your profession. <laughs> Badly explain. Yeah, we sit in a box and talk. And yeah. podcasting as well. Yeah. No, it was definitely it was definitely a really a really great event and I would really like to do it again um at some point. Uh the question I is where, when Absolutely. and how. But yeah. um I would love a live show with guests. I think it would just yes. lift it that little bit. Yeah, completely agree. And we had this discussion on Twitter a, a few weeks ago where we where we talked about an event with that was an online event, though. But um, yeah, maybe we can get it off the ground in real life somehow. You know, with with researchers and stuff. Yeah, I I would love to see a conference that brings researchers and professionals together and lets the professionals go at sorry, um, quiz the researchers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I also had this crazy idea which put out in public, and someone has taken me up on it. I'm not going to mention it because it may work but this idea of i would love to get all of the kind of interpreting influencers at the same event mm-hmm. and just That's let what people I mean, yeah. Lob, yeah just let people lob questions at them that would be very cool i would be all for that yeah but maybe we can like maybe we can like hijack another conference for that you know maybe we can use the bar camp which is coming up in october uh, sorry in march in hamburg the it yeah and the iti conference and then there's also the iti yeah, conference yeah. so i'm sure there could be an event out there that would allow us to hijack like a session or two. I, I also really, I'm really sad to say this. I have to go to South Africa in September. The sacrifices you make for for the greater good the of the profession, yeah. for the interpreting space. <laughs> Actually, for the research space, you, you have no idea how how sad I find that. But it's got well, I done. mean, you're going to have to share your experience on the podcast space afterwards. Yeah, do, do give us a, a field piece or something. Oh, yeah. You'll be our, our South African correspondent. Yeah, <laughs> podcasting from the back of an elephant. I love it. I think that this year has been, I don't think we've had any real downer moments this year, although I have to say that my thoughts... I have thoughts, one coming up, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say my thoughts are still with those affected directly and indi- or indirectly by the attack on Strasbourg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It brought back a lot of horrible memories from previous attacks as well. Um, but I, I love her. I think it was Alexander Gansmer who put in the show notes to see interpreters check in on each other. That was Alex. Yeah, that was Alex D. 
Yeah, I wanted to talk um, about this for a moment um, because as we as we record this, this was a week ago. I don't know. It Less than a week. That, yeah, yeah. Doesn't feel that long ago. And um, as many of you probably know, um, the plenary meetings of the European Parliament take place in Strasbourg. So the whole there's this whole traveling circus, which is a different topic altogether. But anyway, it means that. Last week during this plenary meeting, there were a lot of interpreters in in Strasbourg um, for work, um, and and that means that um, a lot of people were worried about friends um, and about colleagues. And the way this started for me was that um, a friend and colleague sent me a Twitter message and and was asking, "Are you Alex? Are you in Brussels or in Strasbourg?" And the way that the question hit me, I thought, "Oh, oh, something must have happened." And so. Be- Even before replying to him, I, I just checked online and saw that, mm. yeah, this was just, this was just minutes after the whole thing went down. And I saw on Twitter that apparently something had happened in, in Strasbourg in the city center. And I got back to him and said, no, I, I don't usually travel to Strasbourg. Thanks for, for checking in. And then it took me, I think maybe 30 minutes to realize, oh my God, I know a lot of people who are in Strasbourg right now, interpreters, journalists. And so I started, you know, getting my phone out and, and checking in with people where I thought or, or could assume that they were in, in Strasbourg. And for me, that and then I, I saw people posting on Twitter, I'm in Strasbourg, I'm fine, I'm with a friend, mm. I'm in a colleague's hotel room, some, and, or we're, we are in a restaurant um, at this point. And I've, I've had good friends who were locked in a restaurant for security reasons who could, couldn't get out and who just replied to my WhatsApp message um, I'm fine. Um, I'll be in touch later. I need to save my battery and that kind of stuff. So it was really, it hit very close to home. Um, but what I found so great about this was just to see, um, interpreters checking in on each other. Yeah, that was, that was really, 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 really touching. I mean, this is the thing we have a profession where, you know, we sometimes disagree with each other. We sometimes work in different ways. We come from all different backgrounds, but an interpreter is an interpreter, no matter who they work for, no matter where they work. We're all interpreters. And I'm really grateful to be in a profession where I know if there was an attack somewhere where I was, you know, family would check in, obviously, but some of the, the first people to check in on it would be interpreters because we've got each other's back. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Not just in the booth, but even outside. I thought that was yeah. really nice, even on Twitter, just to see all that, that outpouring of love and support for each other. And mm-hmm. just just checking in, just being there, just saying, hey, guys, are you all okay? I think that was really nice. Yeah. Um, and and for those who want to read a little bit um, about what that felt like on the inside, um, on the very, very uh, great Interpreters on the Run blog, which you should be subscribing to anyway, um, they they were in Strasbourg, um, both of them. It's um, two Italian uh, interpreters who are married and who have a great blog, as I said. They described the situation of being locked in um, in the parliament and then what, what the whole situation felt like. So we'll put the link into the show notes and then you can read that post, which is which is really lovely. Um, and the weird thing was that just a couple of, couple of days before the whole th- thing um, took place, um, Lourdes de Rioja, who we already mentioned today, and Matthew Perret um, published their annual um, holiday video, which is really nice, and which is also set in a restaurant in Strasbourg, which they didn't know, of course, at the time. But um, just moving on to a, a more uh, happy <laughs> place, if you will, you should definitely watch that video. That was that was really nice. And that's just to 
get that link back to Strasbourg there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it says something about interpreting that we can do that for each other and that we can find joy anywhere. Um, yeah, I, well, I would hate... Yeah, sorry, Alex. No, I mean, you have to find joy anywhere. Just the other day, I was in a 13-hour AGM. I mean, I would probably have, you know, jumped out the window if I hadn't found any joy in the great coffee and cakes we had, so... Yeah. We and we did send you some Twitter love and fun. So <laughs> You did, and that was very much appreciated because yeah. it was a long day. I am so pleased that ITI have gone to, our, we had our first online-only AGM this year, and oh. it lasted almost exactly an hour, and it was a dream. <laughs> I have so much to say good. on that. Yeah. I will not. <laughs> I, I did most of the ITI AGM for the first year ever, I managed to do most of the AGM with a baby sleeping on my front. <laughs> That's hilarious. And uh, well, I tell I people, it. like, especially not so much with Emily, because I need to kind of spend more time with her on my front, but especially when they're tiny, you, sp- you hold baby. Emily's always being held anyway. You hold, be- you hold babies quite a lot. And there's something fun about, you know, sending a serious email while a baby pukes up on your shoulder or <laughs> yeah. I, I once sent a four figure invoice in my scabbiest Alex Drake. So bite me up on this. When you're carrying a baby, you wear your scabbiest clothes because you know they're going in the wash very quick. Yeah, or you just put, you know, a little towel or something. Yeah, I, I was like, you know, I, yeah. I had I think I had like a muslin on, I had scabby clothes on <laughs> and I and I was sending a four figure invoice and I was like, if this isn't what being a freelancer is about I don't know what is about. Yeah. Hashtag that life. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm the token non-dad on the show. That is fine. We don't judge you. <laughs> oh goodness! But I think you people can tell it's been quite an eventful year. Um, and Jonathan, I think you said uh, in the very beginning that this was the year where we hit our stride. And I think I even posted yeah. a tweet with using more or less the same <laughs> turn of phrase. Um, so, yeah, agreed on that. Um, and I don't know if we want to do sort of the, I, I think you get by now with what the big uh, moments for us have been this year, including the live event and, um, you know, some great guests, great episodes, great feedback online that we've gotten from people. So yeah. um, it's been a really, really good year. Yeah, and I think on the online feedback, we're actually going to be able to... Um put in a little bit of uh, Twitter love at the very end of the episode because we did get some voice messages or voicemails or voice uh, notifications, whatever you want to call it. Audio content. Audio content yeah. is the right word. And you can tell that we're professionals because we know that we go. <laughs> yeah, um, super professional. By some of our lovely listeners. Hello, Troublesome Terps. Thank you so much for your podcast. I really enjoy it. One thing that I really liked from last season were the two episodes with Camille Collard, where she was talking about gender in interpreting and in conference interpreting. One thing that came up that was new for me was hedging, hedges, these extra words that we, well, that some people put into conversations to lessen the blow of what is being said and to make the communication more polite. Words like sort of, just, I wonder if you could. Uh, and so she talked about this, brought this up and said that women are often doing this. Is it unconscious? Is it trained? Is it cultural? 
Where does it come from? That was fascinating. And thank you so much for having her as a guest. We also got some Twitter love just in writing. So thank you to every single person who took the time to respond to our kind of call to action, you know, about what you liked in 2018 and what you liked about the podcast. Thank you so, so much for all the questions, for all the uh, feedback, for all the comments, for all the content that you guys delivered. We really couldn't have done this without you. This this being 2018 and the podcast. All of it. All of it. (laughs) All of it. Just before we close the show, I didn't put this in the notes, but I, I wondered what you guys, what are your wishes for the podcast or for interpreting in 2019? And do you have any New Year resolutions ready to go that you want to share so that our lovely fans can keep us accountable? Well, I definitely have a wish. And I already I mentioned that earlier. I want to do that uh, a joint episode with Lingthusiasm. That will be that will be fun. And I don't, I don't do New Year's resolutions, just in general. Yeah, I don't do New Year's resolutions. <laughs> as easy as that. I did like the whole gym thing for many, many years in a row, and so that never worked. What? Out. Sorry, the, what did I hear? Gin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's usually what it turned into, and that's why I just kind of gave up because I was like, "Well, I'm going to do that anyway, so that's fine." Um, yeah, but I don't do New Year's resolutions, and I actually don't have a wish for the podcast because I'm looking at the slate that we have lined up for 2019 already. Oh boy! <laughs> and guys, I'm, you know, I don't want to guys and girls who are listening or non-binary, um, wh- whoever's listening, like guys, we already have uh, some stuff lined up all the way until June 2019, which is just mind blowing, yeah. and. Yeah, that's uh, my wish for the podcast is that all of that stuff works out the way that we've planned it to. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it never works out in the order that we put it together, though. <laughs> the, which you know, even that would be totally fine. But the topics that we have, the guests that we have on, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's just going to be freaking awesome. Yes. So just stay tuned. Um, Twenty eighteen was only the beginning, people. And we're always happy for new ideas. Um, yes, please. We, we've said tons of times that we started this not knowing how many ideas we would actually get. And the more ideas we do, the more ideas we have. Um, but yeah, I think that I would love to see more crossover episodes. Um, I would love to see interpreting itself reach out outside of our profession more. So my... My, my silly wish is that in 2019, the BBC will actually get the difference between an interpreter and a translator right. Uh, I think if we do that, we've basically done everything we need for PR. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> and I think also, I, I just think even seeing what we've got coming up, I would love to see us aim crazy high and try to get people on the show that you would think they'll never come on Troublesome Derps. Don't even try. Because <laughs> I must admit, I look at the guests that we've had on the show and I go, they said yes. <laughs> they did. Really? So I, 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 Well, they caught the Troublesome Terps influenza. <laughs> <laughs> it is a virus. <clears throat> but I would love 2019 to be the year where we have one show and even our fans go, you got who on the show? You know, like maybe we'll get Vin Diesel or Tom Cruise. Oh, or, God, no. Or, no. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, Angela is giving up her position as... Angela Merkel? So, you know, She'll she's have only loads have, of free time in her she's lo- Yeah, she's going to have like nothing to do in 2019. <laughs> so, you know. we, could have, we could have Nick Clegg, although he works for Facebook. He probably already knows who we are. <laughs> I would actually be really curious to have Theresa May on. 
No. For very no, I would seriously be very curious to like talk to her for a variety of reasons. We, Why do you want to talk to a robot? That doesn't make sense. We we could have you know we we could just <laughs> maybe we could, maybe we should maybe we should crazy invite Nicola Sturgeon. Yeah, I'd she would be cool. That. I would totally talk to her. Yeah, I could listen to her for hours. <laughs> so JD, don't you have any contacts? Come on, man, Nicola, if you're listening, yeah. we're up for like a collab. <laughs> Yeah, but we should totally like aim, you know, aim for aim the moon high. and land at the stars. Is that the saying? Okay. Kind of the saying, right? Right. We'd have to do, we have to record some kind of ending. Yeah, we have to kind of finish this up. So, Alex, I why was, don't ho- you take I was hoping that you would, that we would manage to kind of make that into an ending. And it just didn't work. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. Now we'll just have to start again for the ending. <laughs> well, this was a great re- year in review, I would say. And um, if you want to review any more of our year let us know <laughs> uh, and the oscar for awkward podcast ending goes to we can just do a fade out oh ending this time God. yeah that would be amazing yeah. make it sound like we just did. i bet i bet yeah i can come up with an ending on the spot because it's usually Alexander Drexler who does the ending. Yeah, I know, I, and we're I, totally I, lost without him. Alex, we need you. <laughs> no, no, He's Jonathan, right you, there. Didn't you just say Somewhere. you were going to do an ending? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do the ending. Okay. And I'll get All right. you guys to see Hang bye. on, I'm going to move myself. It's going to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait to show faith in me. I'm going to mute myself because this is going to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> this is the biggest show of faith I can give you, Jonathan. This is going to be a great ending. You got this. We're not putting video episodes online. <laughs> okay. Ever. Ever. <laughs> Troublesome Terps, the movie, with Idris Elba playing Alexander Gansmeyer. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. Please. <laughs> We're going to invite How Idris did you know show. that? Let's ah, invite Idris Elba. Yeah. I know. St- anyway. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, I <laughs> keep trying to start. And I like that. All right. Mute. so we just wanted to end this episode by wishing you all the best for a fantastic 2019 so say goodbye Alexis Bye. bye Someone's saying to me, you know, how come Germany and how come Germany bully everyone in the EU? And I felt like saying they don't bully everyone; they just know how to get stuff done. I don't know. Have you heard of that airport in Berlin? Uh, or the train station Stuttgart, or the Philharmonic in Hamburg? Or... What what'd you call a fish with no eyes? Oh, here we go. I don't know. My eyes are rolling back so hard (laughs) right now. Oh my god, that was horrible. I love it. I live for bad jokes. Cheers. Cheers. I've drunk my tea already.